And good morning and welcome to the BSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Minor on Wednesday the 7th of December. And uh, sorry, I've been rather busy the last couple of days, so I haven't quite made it. Ollie stood in for me, but Paul, good morning, how are you? And good morning, just fine, thank you. Good, getting into the Christmas spirit? Not quite yet, it's too busy still on the mining side, so. Always yeah. busy on the mining side, there's always news. <laughs> um, uh, although actually it is, we are starting to get to Christmas. It's getting a little bit harder to get a few deals done, I think. Anyway, we keep bashing away. Uh, Paul, where do you want to start today? Oh, let's start off with a couple of board changes here at Greatland Gold uh, here. Uh, they've added two uh, Fortescue mining heavyweights to uh, the board of directors of Greatland Gold as Alex Borelli, the uh, uh, non-executive chair, now steps down to a non-executive director role. Uh, we've got Mark Barnaba, uh, which is now coming in from uh, Fortescue Mining as non-executive uh, chair. And we've added Elizabeth Gaines, who is also uh, a veteran from Fortescue and is currently the uh, uh, deputy chair at uh, Fortescue. Uh, she comes on uh, here as well uh, in an NED role. So definitely Greatland changing its uh, um, management makeup from exploration to become a production company here. Now, and just quickly for those that are non-mining veterans listening to this, and we, we've gathered there's quite a few of you, um, obviously Fortescue was uh, one of the major successes in Australia. Andrew Forrester and his iron ore project went from sort of nothing to billions and billions and billions. Uh, so that is very good news for Greatland Gold. Um, why don't we move um, uh, on to some other ones in the UK? Actually, we had interim results from Yellowcake. I mean, the interim results don't really matter too much, do they? It's, it's more a case of where you think uranium price is going. Well, yes, the interim results are more in order to keep the regulator and the tax people happy in order to make sure that shareholders are fully informed of where uh, finances uh, have stood uh, during the uh, last uh, production period here. They had uh, physical uranium holdings of 15.8 million pounds uh, uh, and increased that up to 18.8 million pounds. Uh, so the value of that yellow cake, however, had declined by about 1%. So uh, it's an increase in volumes that they hold, but uh, it's a, a less uh, a total um, uh, value in um, um, dollar terms. Net asset value for that half year that came in at uh, sterling four pounds 42 pence uh, at, at the uh, March 22 uh, uh, where it began to four pounds 50 pence on the 30th of September at the end of the interim period and they took delivery during the half year of almost three million pounds of uranium so uh, the statement uh, essentially indicates that steady as she goes at yellow cake yeah, look, yellow cake, if you want to play the uranium market, is a great way of playing it. Um, now, uh, also, we've had a bit of news out on AfriTim, which, of course, is changing its name fairly soon. Um, it's more a case of uh, just updating, aren't they, on their, where their lithium and tantalum project is going. And I, I, I sort of sense sometimes we get a lot of news flow out of a company that's simply you know, trying to move the price up as well a little bit. But what do you think, Paul? 
Yes, they uh, did to post what they plan to get accomplished during 2023 here. And the uh, big part of it is that uh, they uh, plan to uh, clearly demonstrate that there is lithium and tantalite co-products to be produced from uh, along with the tin in the uh, U.S. Uh, district uh, deposits that they have. Uh, so if they can uh, bring those to commercial fruition where they're getting those uh, start uh, generating revenue, that'll be a big uh, boost uh, for Afritin, particularly on the lithium side, because of the, of course, the uh, uh, lots of uh, uh, investor interest in lithium at the moment. The tantalum, uh, they think they'll have uh, underway to, to producing concentrates by uh, Q3 of 2023, and they'll have construction on the lithium pilot plant uh, by Q2 or during Q2 of 2023. Yeah, okay. I, I do like Africa actually as a stock. Um, I just always get a bit nervous when people are pumping out the news regularly. Uh, also, uh, talking of um, pumping out the news, etc. Actually, it's more than it's Twitter that is a, Twitter and social media are abound with people trying to ramp up ferro alloys. They've had some news this morning, haven't they? Yes, they did. Ferro alloys uh, brought uh, forward a feasibility study update uh, to a press release here and also announced the completion of their drilling program uh, out here on their uh, deposit there in Kazakhstan. It's a vanadium shale hosted uh, uh, situation out there. And they completed something like just under 20,000 meters of uh, drilling uh, during uh, 2022. They had thought that the reserve previously was uh, uh, circa 23 million tons for a mine life of more than 20 years during phase one and as part of the bankable feasibility they thought they would uh, were targeting specifically geology on the ob1 uh, folded deposit and they decided to uh, because of success uh, increase the drill meterage uh, on that so the uh, ore reserves required for supporting of the phase one deposit uh, will be from the, a new resource estimate to come out uh, along with or to coincide with the BFS. So we'll see how the this thing unfolds. But so far, it's always been uh, more and better as opposed to less and, and worse uh, when it comes to news out on this project. Yeah, look, obviously the market about 18 months ago uh, got very excited about Sir Mick Davis coming in and he is still there. Um, but we're still a long way from production, and a lot of the Twitter feed is about actually the fact that it, people are linking it into the success of Infinity Energy Systems and their flow batteries, saying, look, there's going to be massive demand for vanadium. But, of course, the thing to bear in mind with vanadium is that people are now starting to convert a lot of fly ash and, and oil refinery catalysts as byproduct into vanadium. So the cost of vanadium there is basically zero, uh, and that is the one big problem for the vanadium market, and perhaps why the vanadium price isn't moving up like certain other commodity prices. But maybe that's something we can talk about on Friday. Let's have a look. Uh, you wouldn't disagree with that, though, Paul, would you? Yeah, we could sure talk about that. Yeah, sure. Mm. Okay, anything else you want to talk about today? Yes, uh, it is uh, one that uh, a lot of investors follow is the TSX-listed K92, which had gotten an early uh, um, increase in their mine permit the duration out to the middle of uh, uh, the 2030s out there in New Guinea. And this accommodates the uh, mine expansion uh, there at K92 because it's uh, such a rich uh, underground deposit. It is a key uh, piece of the... Uh, uh, revenues for the government of New Guinea, so I think they want to be as accommodative as possible. 
I also wanted to mention our Shanghai Mining Club member, Serato um, uh, Gold, which uh, had uh, put out news release late yesterday that uh, they have added another $4 million uh, to the promissory note uh, uh, earlier announced uh, for the heap leach uh, development at their mine down there in Argentina. So that's uh, now $8 million total in promissory note. Very good. We'll call it a day there and speak again tomorrow. Very good. See you then.